Welcome to the Lance Wallnow Show. This is a very special show right now. I have uh, my son Carl here to help me out. Carl's over there with all of the uh, 20 or 30 verses I want to go through. And you need to get a Bible right now. Uh, definitely get a Bible. The Lord's been talking to me lately about if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done. And I began to think about this. How strong is the word abiding in us? How strong is the, the scripture? Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So there's a spirit life that comes from the word of God. So I'm going to give you a minute. Get a Bible. You're going to probably work this Bible. I'll tell you what. I work my Bibles. I'll tell you how I know I work my Bibles. The pages start coming out. That's how I know I, know I work this Bible. <laughs> a little too, too aggressively, maybe. All right, let's start off with... Today's focus for this particular program, I was working on the timing of what's happening with Hamas in Israel and the conflict, and we found that the date of the attack from Hamas to Israel is exactly in Haggai chapter 2, where the prophet, 80-year-old prophet, is prophesying I will shake, the Lord says, everything. I'm going to shake nations. I mean, we're literally living right now probably in, um, as 9-11 was a precursor to war in the Middle East with Iraq and Saddam Hussein, I believe we're going to look back at this Hamas attack as being the precursor of a series of events that take place. Now, why I'm sharing that is because the Bible tells us when it happened in Haggai chapter 2, verse 1, the seventh month, the 21st day. That's the Feast of Tabernacles, the last day of the feast in 520 B.C., October 6th. When did Hamas attack Israel? October 6th in 2023. Why is that important? Because it pinpoints the day the prophecy was given that God said, this is the timing when I will begin the global shaking. I think we're in it right now. And I'm going to be focusing on an end time verse. And you'll find it here in Haggai chapter 2, verse 23. And it deals with Zerubbabel. Carl, do you have it over there? I do. Um, do you mind if I start a little bit before verse 23? Sure, go right ahead. All right. So it says in verse 20, chapter 2, And again the word of the Lord came unto Haggai in the four and twentieth day of the month, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. Verse 22, And I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms, and I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen. Uh, you have a word here that says bad guys. You highlighted it. I wrote heathen. that in, yeah. And I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them and the horses and their riders shall come down every one by the sword of his brother. Verse 23, in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, will I take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant and son of Shealtiel, Shealtiel, saith the Lord, and I will make thee as a signet, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. Now catch this. God says, I'm going to take you, Zerubbabel, in that day and make you like a signet and my uh, New King James says signet ring, because that's what it's referring to, because I've chosen you. I want you to hear this. I've never heard this teaching before. I know, I believe it's from the Spirit. God is raising up end time Zerubbabels to build an overcoming church, the Ecclesia of God, and that he's giving the signet ring anointing. 
The signet ring anointing. So I'm teaching on the signet ring. You want to be able to get this teaching at uh, lancewalnut.com forward slash signet, S-I-G-N-E-T, signet ring. We're going to talk about that today. You can call 1-800-910-6349 and get a hold of it. I'm glad that Carl read that verse in its entirety, lancewalnut.com forward slash signet. You get the whole teaching. What, what Carl said was, I'm going to shake heaven and earth. Now, that's very important because how is heaven going to shake? The Bible says that we are receiving, if you go to like Hebrews, we are receiving an unshakable kingdom. Well, if God's kingdom of heaven doesn't shake, then what heaven attached to earth is shaking? I suggest to you that this is dealing with principalities and powers and rulers of the heathen nations, principalities and powers over those nations, those kingdoms, and that they're going to be overthrown. We're going to see regimes turning over, political turmoil. We're going to see populist surges removing and then governments coming in and trying to control and suppress. And all of this, if you know that it, the Bible says it's coming, it gives you eyes to see so that when the news starts happening, you don't freak out, you don't melt down. You start looking for the signet ring anointing. What is that? That's the authority that God gives to his people to administrate heaven's agenda on earth during the time of unprecedented shaking. Now, what's curious here is that the, the, right, the, 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 uh, the prophet Haggai refers to, uh, and Carl said it, in that day, verse 23, says the Lord of hosts. That term, Lord of hosts, you can almost get religious with that and just kind of say, Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts, God of hosts. It's talking about heavenly hosts. It's talking about angelic armies. About uh, six times the prophet in two chapters says the Lord of angelic armies is speaking. Why? Because the angelic armies are going to shake the heavens. They're going to be removing militating powers. Now, this is a mystery. While these things are shaking, there's going to be a rise of a beast system. There's going to be Satan responding. But it's almost like a chess game where God's removing, 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 and the enemy is solidifying an antichrist empire and a system. And God himself is in the chess match saying, I've got angels that are at work to shake the heavens. Nations are going to shake on the earth. I'm going to overturn systems, economies, governments. And you're going to see the world kind of uh, fragmenting, I believe, into sheep nations and goat nations. People are pursuing the freedom of the individual and then people that are suppressing the masses. And uh, the signet ring is the authority given to Zerubbabel. Now, Zerubbabel is interesting because he's not a prophet. He's not a priest. He is a king in the lineage of the house of David. And so he's inserted as a king and as uh, he's called the governor in this case because the, the ruler right now is going to be Cyrus who is the king God raised up in that period of history over Persia and over the Medes in answer to the prayers of God's people. And Cyrus said, go build that house, that, that ecclesia, that temple that God gave you in Jerusalem. He told him to do it, 
and sent Zerubbabel as the governing representative of the Jewish people. Now, what's interesting about that is that Zerubbabel and the kings were actually, by Jeremiah, they were prophesied to be removed, that God was frustrated with the the kings that were not listening to his correction that led to them being exported to Babylon for 70 years. But there's an interesting redemptive thread here, and the Bible's so beautiful in its details. Uh, Carl, read for us the, the genealogy uh, that is written in, I think you said it was Matthew, where it refers to the genealogy and notice how the genealogy of Jesus has Zerubbabel in it, which means Zerubbabel here is the governor. God says, I did prophesy that there was going to be no more kings, but I'm raising up a spiritual royalty out of the house of David, and Zerubbabel is going to end up in the, in the genealogy of the Messiah. So where is that verse? I believe it's Matthew chapter 1, verse 13. All right. Got your Bible, folks? Grab your Bible. I'm telling you, you're going to get so much more out of this Bible study because there's an anointing on the Word. And so go ahead and read. Uh, so we got the genealogy, of Jesus, uh, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Starts off with Abraham. And it works its way down to the king's that end up getting cut off, and there's a exporting out to Babylon. Uh, read, it, read it from verse 11. And Josiah begat Jeconias and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. Okay, so here it is. They're being judged and taken to Babylon for 70 years. And, and continue with verse 12. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begat Salathiel, and Salathiel begat Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begat Abiud, and Abiud begat Elohim. All right, stop right there. Here's, here's the, every detail in the Bible has meaning. What it's saying is, there was a good king, Josiah, who had reforms. They had economic and political and military victory. And uh, the political system was too corrupt, and the, and the, and the people of God were too corrupt sorry to say, to sustain the military economic might that Josiah brought. And so Josiah dies in a, in a uh, surprising turn of events in battle, and his sons take over, and they were duds. And that's where you see Jeconiah. Uh, you, you, you see the sons that were taken into captivity. And then Shealtiel, who is going to be the father of Zerubbabel. And we know that this is referring to the Zerubbabel I just quoted that gets the signet ring anointing because it says back in Haggai chapter 2, verse 23, in that day, in that day, when Hamas attacks Israel, when the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles takes place and an incident begins, a shaking in the Middle East that will end up unraveling to nations being in conflict, in that day, which is right now for you, I'm going to take you, Zerubbabel, you who are part of the marketplace, you are a part of government, you are a part of, uh, of, of the, um, 
the, the body of Christ, and I'm going to, and look what it says, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord. So he puts in there, who's the father? Zerubbabel, I'm giving you the signet ring anointing. I've chosen you for a job. So I uh, just want you to see, he's in the lineage of Jesus, and, and it puts us right in, you and I, as the house of David or the house of, of the Messiah, the house of Jesus is the actual house of David that is right now being rebuilt in the earth. It's a bit of a mystery. You never hear it preached because Gentile preachers really uh, don't, don't really fully grasp the Jewish and Israel connection. But we're reading the Old Testament and that's why it's important to see the signet ring anointing. The signet ring anointing I'm talking about here is the authority to establish God's agenda in the nations. So I want you to go to lancewellen.com forward slash signet and get a hold of this. What is a signet ring? The first mention of it, I think, is in Genesis. So, Carl, where do we find the first time this signet ring is brought up in the Scripture? I don't know, but if you give me a minute, I can search. All right, well, how about uh, with Joseph? Joseph, I believe, would be the first time that uh, Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge of his palace, puts him in charge of his economy. And if I'm not mistaken, this will be the first mention of the signet ring. And first mentions are important in the Bible because they all reveal uh, something of, uh, of the mystery of the subject matter. What do we have? Genesis 41, 42. Okay. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand, put it upon Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried out before him, bow the knees. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. One thing we learn from the first mention, the law of first mention, is a signet ring is a delegated authority that is given to a servant of the king that enables the servant to have the authority of the king as though the king himself was making decisions. So it's like if you're, you're, you know, your dad gives you the credit card and you're mature enough and he says, look, I need you to go uh, you know, rent, get the air tickets and, and, and rent the, the car and uh, get the hotel set up for the family. That card or that signet ring authorizes activity. In this case, we see that Pharaoh says, I've set you over all the land of Egypt, verse 41. And he gives him the signet ring from his hand to Joseph's hand, puts fine linen on him, which is the Bible metaphor for a priestly garment, and a gold chain around his neck. And he has him ride in the chariot right behind Pharaoh. And if I'm not mistaken, he even gives him a name chain. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. All right, so what does it say? It's in verse 45. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath paneah and gave him to wife Asenath and daughter of, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. And Joseph went over all the land of Egypt. So this, this is interesting. Now, the, now, we know him as Joseph. But in Egypt, they didn't call him Joseph. They didn't call him by his, his Hebrew, which we now have as an uh, English name. But uh, Zaphnath 
Panach. And what does that mean, Carl? Do you have a translation for that? I did. I believe it means God spoke and he lived. Yes, yes, yes. God speaks and God lives. Woo! What does that mean? The Bible is a beautiful book of extraordinary detail, each pregnant with meaning, each detail. This means that Pharaoh recognized that when Joseph was talking as the interpreter of the dream, as the one who is managing the estate, that when Joseph is interpreting the dream and talking, it's as though God is speaking and God is alive in Egypt. Woo! God is alive in Babylon. God is alive in Egypt. God is alive and speaking through the servant that has the signet ring. Is that, you can see it so clear right there, right? So Joseph then has that, that, that signet ring, and now we know something about the signet ring. The anointing of the signet ring comes as an authority given by a king to someone they trust, and with that comes a scope of authority, a scope of authorization, and the ability to administrate within that scope of the assignment. And like, let's connect it back again to in that day of end time shaking when the heavens and the earth shake, I'm going to raise up a company symbolically represented by Zerubbabel and you will have the signet ring. And the word there is you're chosen. Many people, <laughs> I believe, that are called by God question if they're called by God. That's the reason why the Lord of hosts, the Lord of angelic armies is saying, I chose you for this because you might not do it. Why wouldn't you do it? Because in the natural, it looks like it's impossible. Zerubbabel goes back to Judea, to Jerusalem, and it's occupied by, by heathen, and they're a small remnant. And so they end up kind of negotiating a peace settlement, and they don't really build the house, though the king told them to, because the local hostels inhibit them. So all the Jewish people focused on building their own house. That's when God sent the 80-year-old prophet who said, is it time for you to focus on your house when my ecclesia, my house, is in ruins? It's not built up. I want it to be a strong temple filled with my glory. And so Zerubbabel had to man up and the prophet said, the Lord's with you. And... Uh, that was when Zerubbabel began the task. But I want, to, uh, I want to follow the thread of the signet ring and come back to Zerubbabel because he really is the key to the end time signet ring anointing. And uh, we know that this signet ring has the power to, to decree things and shape the environment. And uh, where do you see that in, in the New Testament? Well, the signet ring is a symbol for Jesus and his own authority given to the believers. So let's go to um, John 15. John 15. And where does the signet ring anointing find its fulfillment in the Christian life in the New Testament? We know it's an end time anointing. We know it's going to be on the finger of a company called the Zerubbabel Chosen Company. But if we go to John 15, Carl, what do we got for John 15, 16? 
Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Did you catch that? I, I didn't even realize the connection would be that strong. I chose you, Zerubbabel. I've given you an authorization. My ring spiritually is on your hand. You're authorized to do something. You didn't choose me, Jesus said, but I chose you. Zerubbabel, you didn't, you didn't volunteer for this job. I volunteered you for this job. And I chose you to do it. And I've appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. So one aspect of the signaling anointing is God gives you an authority for a certain assignment. Now notice, Joseph was given a scope of authority in Egypt. You have a sphere of authority. Let me, let me emphasize this. If you want to have greater answered prayer, start praying the prayers that are in alignment with the fruit God ordained for you to produce. Now think about this. This is a wild thought. You have a prophetic destiny. God's called you to do something. And uh, in calling you to do something, you have a sphere of authority. It could be in your local church. It could be in your community. It could be in your business. Remember, Zerubbabel's a marketplace person. In politics, God has given you a certain realm to govern. You need to stop looking at yourself like some kind of a, um, a refugee waiting to get raptured and start seeing yourself as an ambassador with a sphere of authority, a ring of authority, and fruit that God has already preordained. I remember when Paul uh, went to Ephesus and he wrote to the Corinthians, he said, now a great door and effectual is open unto me and there are many adversaries. There'll be many, like Zerubbabel, there'll be much opposition, but God's authorized me to go. And the Lord told him, I have many people in this city. It might've been Ephesus or Corinth. I have many people in this city, meaning there was fruit set apart for Paul's ministry that Paul didn't even know about and God had to tell him, hey, I'm not sending you someplace where you're going to be a dud. I'm sending you as an apostle with a commission to go to the Gentiles and I'm opening this door now because there's fruit for you there that will remain. And uh, that fruit will be there in uh, either Ephesus or Corinth. I think it's Ephesus. I believe it is. And so the Lord's appointed you that you should bear that fruit. The signet ring is the authority to ask whatever you need to get the job done. Let me say that again. Charles Finney, the great evangelist, was like my hero that I studied when I was younger. And he said, make your calling your constant argument with God for everything you have need of. Now, he was a lawyer in his training. So when he said argument, he wasn't talking about debating. He was saying, make it your logical case. You can make your calling in the sphere that you've been assigned to bring forth fruit rather than begging and pleading and hoping and praying. Why don't you start asking with the confidence of faith that you're asking with the signet ring of authority that goes into the situation and changes it. Now we come to something which is interesting. How does the signet ring work? Part one, authorizes you to ask for what you need in the field you're assigned to and God will give it to you. 
Part two is going to be, do you remember where, where Jesus said, and whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou moved and cast into the sea, it shall be done? You speak, once you prayed to God and asked for that which you need, catch this, this is so important. The signet ring operates by asking God for what you need in the area that he's assigned you to bring forth fruit. Then, listen to this, you speak to the situation. You talk to the mountain. You don't talk to God about the mountain. You did that already in prayer. Now you talk to the mountain. The building you need, the debt that has to be reduced, the sickness that's blocking you, you start to utilize the authority God gave you. You know, I, I have a suspicion that many of us will get to heaven and instantly we're going to have an answer to a question, which is going to be, well, how come this happened? How come that happened? Derek Prince, one of my mentors, taught me years ago that all failure on this side of heaven can be reduced to one of two deficiencies, either an absence of revelation on the Word of God or an insufficient anointing to apply the revelation. Jesus did say one point when he was arguing with the Pharisees, he said, you therefore do greatly err in that you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. He put error or misfires into you didn't know what the word said or you didn't operate in a sufficient power. I'm going to tell you this. The uh, speaking to the mountain is exactly what the Lord says we can do. Carl, if you go to Zechariah, you got to look this verse up for me. He's my handy, fast, speedy uh, finder of stuff. And it said, right after Haggai, Zechariah was prophesying alongside Haggai. Interestingly enough, they were a team. 18-year-old. Zechariah was a young guy. 18, 19 years old. Haggai, 80 years old. Zerubbabel in his 40s and 50s. And if I'm not mistaken... We're told to speak to the mountain, and I'm sitting here thinking, Carl, go to Zechariah chapter 4 and uh, read um, like from verse 5. Why don't you see where the angels get involved here? Because angels are assigned in the supernatural to get you what you need. So read verse 5 and, and go through to verse 7. Zechariah verse or chapter four. Chapter four, verse five. verse five. Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, grace, grace unto it. Woo! Man, I only got a minute left. Let me just summarize this. You speak to the mountain after you've asked for the supernatural. And then the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, the one with the signet ring, is it's not by your might. It's not by your power. Don't look at how many people are with you or what, what resources you've got, but it's by my anointing, by my spirit. Therefore, you speak to the mountain. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You're going to be flattened out, 
and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace. What's grace? Grace is God's supernatural enablement. Paul said it wasn't me, but it was the grace of God working with me. It's the anointing, the signet ring anointing has authority to manifest what you need. Go to lancewallout.com forward slash signet, S-I-G-N-E-T. Get a hold of this, this powerful teaching. And you can call 800-910-6349 and, 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 and get a hold of it immediately because I believe the signet ring anointing isn't just a teaching, it's a revelation that will give you an impartation so that when you're reading this, you'll see that you're authorized to ask for certain things and you're going to see much greater answers to prayer when you're asking in alignment with what your assignment is. You're also going to speak two things. This is mysterious, but you, you prophesy to the thing and the mountain has to move. The sickness has to go. The resistance has to break. And then when we come back in our next program, I'm going to show you the third aspect of how the signet ring goes to work. We'll see you again in the next broadcast. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.